Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm Scott, your host, joined by my co-host, James O'B. O'Brien, to go over Luton versus Liverpool. Super Sunday, half four. Luton back in the Premier League. That still feels weird to say it, doesn't it, O'B? Luton in the Premier League. It does indeed. And, and what, what a marvellous uh, club to go from where they were just sort of 10 years ago in non-league to being back in the Premier League. Um, it takes us back to like the 80s, doesn't it, Scott, where... They oh, used massive. to they used to play at home on the plastic pitch, and um, it used to always be difficult to beat at Kenilworth Road. And um, yeah, it's a real throwback fixture, really. They were our bogey team in the eighties, weren't they? Because of the plastic pitch before Wimbledon in nineteen eighty eight, it was Luton. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I always have these images of the ball bouncing over Grobbler's head and taking a really strange bounce. And it's just like, it's one of them images from your childhood that you can never really get out of your head. But yeah, absolutely. They were, they were always a tough team to play against. Absolutely. Um, we just got to touch on last Sunday, OB, Nottingham Forest. Um, control. The word is control. I'm absolutely over the moon that we're controlling these games and making them look like training games. I'm talking like West Ham at home, Villa at home, now Nottingham Forest at home. We're just making it look like a training game. And I keep casting my mind back to last season and how we were in the mud and nothing would click. We were getting beat off the likes of Leeds, getting beat off the likes of Forest. It seems a million miles away now because this is like a totally different type of performance this season. It's almost unbelievable, the change, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. It just feels it feels refreshed, feels new, feels like there's more energy um in the centre of the pitch. And I think we're just uh we're just linking up really, really well and, and, and we're we're so creative when we've got the ball and we're working hard when we're not. And what more can you ask than that? It feels like there's a real reset and we've got the right players in and they're playing to, in the right system and the, the team just looks energized really. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. Obviously, the front three scored last week. Nunes, Salah and Jota. Obviously, the absence of Luis Diaz, which reading Twitter today, there's um, rumours that his dad's going to be released in the, the coming hours, not just the coming days. Um, Jürgen Klopp's gone on his press conference today saying he's leaving it up to Luis Diaz if he's going to be uh, mentally prepared to, to play. He's in the squad. So that's encouraging signs, isn't it? What an awful week for him. Yeah, absolutely terrible. And it's it's bigger than football, isn't it, ultimately, when it comes to things like that. So it will depend where Diaz's head's at, what the situation is with his dad. And if, if he is being released, if he's been released, he, he, he'd probably want to go and see him, I imagine. So I'd be very surprised if he appears on Sunday. Um, saying that, from a, from a team perspective, we've got more than enough in, in the locker and in positions to be able to cause Luton enough problems to be able to cope without him. So I imagine that someone from the club will say, look, just just go go and see him if he's free and if it's still ongoing. Obviously, he's probably not going to be in the right state of mind to appear anyway. Well, he went back to Colombia, didn't he? Which I didn't know, but apparently he come back Tuesday night and has been training with the team since Wednesday. Um, I mean, for me, if he's training with the team and he's playing, why not play Sunday? I know that's easy for me to say. It's not my dad that's been kidnapped by a Colombian cartel. But um, <laughs> but yeah, on to the Bournemouth game Wednesday night. Darwin Nunes. OB, is Darwin Nunes world class? He seems to fluctuate from the absurd, the sublime. I don't know where I am with him, except there's one thing I do know with him, okay? He's the first name I look for on the team sheet. So I must rate him extremely highly. I want him playing. Yeah, I, I 
I, I can't make my mind up about it. So <laughs> I love putting the, you on the, the spot like this because the there's goal, no answer, is there? No, the, the, the goal itself almost epitomised what it was because the touch was horrific. <laughs> and he let the ball go through him and he sort of used his pace to make sure he retrieved the ball and it didn't go out of play. You could hear the Bournemouth fans jeering that he'd miscontrolled. Yeah. And then he goes and pings one in the top corner and it's, it's it's something it's something about him. He's just he, he's got moments of absolute world class, top notch, top of the game quality, mixed with bizarre touches, open goal misses, um, entertaining to watch. I would like to see a little bit more consistency. I'm sure we all would. Um, he's got a bit of a Luis Suarez is about him though, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what it is. It's like Suarez improved his consistency in his time with us. I just hope Nunes does. My fear is there's a little bit of concentration issue there, which will probably take a little bit longer to deal with. But I'm hoping we start to see a more consistent Nunez. It does seem to be the case this season, but it's the odd moment where he's, he's diabolical as well, Scott. And we can't get away from that. And it's like, <laughs> if he can just knock that on the head, he's he is world-class, absolutely. See, uh, it's something to look forward to, isn't it? Um, Carragher tweeted on Wednesday night, Captain Chaos. Uh, I don't really like putting that on him because it makes it sound like he's a bit of a joker, a bit of a clown figure, but he certainly does cause chaos, not just in his own head, but for opposition defenders. Um, but yeah, Corbali Red tweeted something today and I quite liked it. He said he's got the touch of Suarez and the pace of Torres. I mean, you put them two together and what a player we could have on our hands. Um, but also, like when you say he's he messes up the easy stuff, um, I'm thinking and hoping that that easy stuff is easy to coach. And if he can just iron out that silliness, uh, the kind of pointless mistakes or the the lack of a touch, it points. Then he could. The sky's the limit. Um, I've went on tape six months ago now, maybe nine months ago, saying he's a better footballer than Erling Haaland. And you and Trav laughed. <laughs> and honestly, I'm serious. I think he's got the potential to be a better player all round than Erling Haaland. I still stand by that. Which I sounds think, absurd with the amount of goals Erling Haaland scores, of course. Yeah, I can, I can, I can get what you're saying. It's like, it's like that um, age-old thing where people used to talk about the comparison of, say, Lineker with other strikers. And ultimately, there was a lot better players. And Gary Lineker used to admit it himself. Where he used to say, "Look, I'm not the best striker, but I'm, I'm a hell of a poacher." And Haaland is a hell of a poacher. He is. He scores a lot of poaching goals and a lot of goals that he should score in around the box. I think Nunes is slightly different in as much as he's the guy who's going to score 30 yard screamers. He's the guy who's going to do bicycle kicks. And we can see all that in his in his game. Um, he's just not consistent enough for me yet. But like you said, if it's something that's coachable, that's great. If it's a little bit of concentration at the moment where the ball's arriving at him, thinking about that bit of miscontrol, or he switched off at that moment where he decided to hit the post rather than score from like eight yards out when it's an open goal. If it's concentration, they just need to work on that side of it from his perspective as well. It's funny you should say that because on obviously with the Manchester derby on Sunday, Haaland's second goal, that header, I don't think Nunes would have scored that. Not that he wouldn't have scored it, presented that chance, but I don't think he would have been in that position. He wouldn't have had the nous to peel off and leave the defender kind of ball watching and peel off to the far post. He'd have probably been running near post. And that's the kind of thing that he needs to include to his game, a little bit of intelligence. Yeah, but I don't think Klopp's necessarily after a poacher, is he? He's after more mm. than that. He's after somebody who'll press, who'll link the play. And that's why we've got players like Gakpo coming in 
That's why in the past he's had people like Bobby centrally. And I think that that's, that's something that, that Klopp's look, looks for in that style of play in that 4-3-3, as opposed to Guardiola seems to really like the, the poacher. And he's brought in a poacher to just get them goals and get them numbers over the line, knowing that he'll score, score two, one or two a game. And it'll probably leave him in a position where the team will win the game, even when they don't dominate. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think there's any two bigger Cody Gakpo fans than me and you. There can't be. Love him. Like, it's Love absolutely him. magic. He's back to fitness, isn't it? And back in the goals Wednesday night as well. A real absolutely. poacher's goal that one was. Absolutely, Scott. You, you hit the, the nail on the head. I mean, it's the link play as well. And it's the unselfishness. He, he's, a, he's a striker who... He's, he's literally been bought as a replacement for Firmino. We, we can all see it. We can see the type of player he is, but he's got good technical ability. His touch is brilliant. Um, the way he brings other players in is brilliant. The way he, he's got an eye for goal as well. Um, and probably a better natural goal scorer than Firmino, I would say, and from, from what I've seen so far. But um, love watching him. Love, love the way he links the game up. And I think... He's just going to get better and better. I think I keep saying to you, Scott, as well, that I'd love, I'd love to see him spend a lot of time linking up with Gravin Birch because I think that they've both got similar styles that will complement each other. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops over over time as well. Definitely. Obviously, I don't know if you've been on Twitter today, but Jurgen Klopp's delivered the news that Thiago um, is out till the new year. Um, I mean, we don't need to get into my thoughts on the signing of signing a 20-year-old uh, sorry, 29-year-old on a four-year deal. It was too late in his career, but obviously there's a lot of talk that our strongest midfield would be Thiago, Sabosle and McAllister, but he's not back till January now. We're heavily linked with Andra, Andre, uh, whatever, Trindade or whatever his name is, to play CDM. So if he does come in January, imagine if, if it is on, we're going to get him on January the 1st. Let's be honest, we're not going to mess around and be haggling, are we? Um, so if Tiago comes back, grabbing Becks, finding his feet. Sabosle is just absolutely slaying it in the Premier League. McAllister hopefully will move a bit more advanced. So it's all coming good at the right time for us. Absolutely. I'd also say Jones. Jones's form has been really, really yeah. strong. See, no season. one ever mentions him. No. He? If you ever ask anyone doesn't... for their strongest Liverpool 11, no one ever mentions Jones, but he gets games, doesn't he? Bare games. He... He does, and he's he's got all he's got all the skills. That lad, he's a top top player. He's developing quietly. Um, it was talked about as a problem area, but Klopp went to him a lot of times last year. Went to him and went to Harvey Elliott because he knew what he'd get. He'd get a six or seven out of ten performance. I think I think Jones has surprised him in some of the games, and he's starting to really push on now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit surprised he doesn't get talked about in England circles as well because I yeah, think it's he's a strange one, isn't it? It is. It is a strange one, but. Long may it continue because ultimately it will remain fit for us and, and we can we can just have that secret little gem there. But he does impact games when he comes on. When he starts, he never lets us down. And I think he's got good energy. Um, he's, a, he's a really, really good player to have in the midfield, I think. Absolutely. Uh, back to the defence, OB. Virgil van Dijk, is he back to his best? I'm absolutely loving what I'm watching. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be quite as quick as he was before that big injury. However, what I would say is it looks like he's got his confidence back and he's he's, he's trusting in his players. I, I do think as well, he looks as if he's more comfortable when he's playing with Matip in particular. And I mm-hmm. think that's because he's going back to, to what he's always known. Um, I think him and Canati is developing as a partnership and it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the course of the season and who gets a nod in the games. I think Klopp will continue to rotate between the two. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, with, with Trent, we all know about Trent, but I think Trent's been solid this season when he's played. I've been. They all have, haven't they, Obi? Yeah, I'm just thinking of what absolutely. we're going to talk about next. Gomez never lets us down. Where it's, um, no. I prefer him at right back. Never lets us down. Simicast. We've hardly even noticed that Robertson's been out injured the last couple of games. Then you've got Kanate fighting out with Matip. Allison is safely, comfortably the goat keeper on this planet right now. And then Absolutely. the front five, we haven't even spoke about Diogo Jota. He never lets us down. He's comfortably fifth choice in everyone's mind. And every time he plays, he scores. Exactly. Yeah, time to be alive. I know, I know. It's so good. And it's... it's the... This is this is what's going to help us in a lot of these games, particularly the one coming up on Sunday. So, say say we get to sixty minutes and we haven't we haven't broken through, or we're, they've pinned us back in the game. We've took the lead and they've pinned us back on one, and the crowd are up, etc. We'll have good options from the bench um, in attacking areas. We'll have good options from the bench in midfield areas, and I think that that will make a difference because them guys will come in and they'll almost push the game on. Whereas I don't think. The, the teams towards the bottom end of the Premier League have got the strength and depth we've got. And that'll, that'll keep us going in a lot of these more difficult fixtures. Because let's be honest, this is this is a potentially very difficult fixture on Sunday in as much as they'll play it tight, they'll make it hard for us. I think I think some, some other teams have got the results there, but they've struggled, but they'll be up for us probably more. This is their biggest game this season so far. It's probably oh, don't say one that, of Obi. Don't say it that. Is, it is I got a, I got a time hop the other day where Blackpool beat us in 2010. <laughs> Do you even to yeah. look at it on paper? Black Blackpool two, Liverpool one. I'm thinking, how was on it? Earth did that yeah, ever was happen? It, was it last season when when Forest beat us as well, and they they, they Forest, were in the yeah. mud at one point, and they turned it round and they they played us, and they got a bit of a. a a, a lucky run, didn't they? Whereas they they had the the rubber the green throughout the game, but ultimately they did us. And it's just always always be ready against them newly promoted teams. Who it's a big day out at home. The fans will be up there early. They'll be screaming. They'll be shouting, and they'll make especially it especially on Sky at half four. The whole world will be watching, won't they? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's a show. It turns to showcase their club as well, and. Um, I imagine that their manager and their, their players will be very, very aware of that and they'll come in and it'll be blood and thunder for 15, 20 minutes. It's how we we manage that, how we stand up to that and, and how we, we make sure that we import our own game onto them and they start to feel the pressure and hopefully get a few goals early on and silence the crowd. Let's hope so. Uh, I'm just going to jump into the comments. Rob, Arsenal fan. Rob's like the resident Arsenal fan on our channel now. 1-0 Luton. Rob, don't say that, mate. <laughs> We're absolutely flying. Dalival, cheers for joining again. Dalival, legend. This is what Dalival wrote on our last live. Uh, I think it was last week. We are in this yeah. title race. And when I watched the video back, it put a big smile on Obi's face, and it has again today. Uh, we'll bat a Luton, nil three and nil four, um, or it ends a scrappy 1-0 Luton. Honestly, don't do that to me, Dalival. Um, decide whether it's 3-0 or 4-0, Dalival, and I'll put your score prediction in the comments. For anyone that watches this back, Trav, yes. How are you doing, brother? Uh, I've been reading lots on Twitter today, Trav, about Man United. It's all hot and up, just nice. Uh, 3-0 pools, Nunes and Mo double. I'll sign up for that right now. Uh, Barry, cheers for joining. Again, Barry, uh, top man, legend. It's a difficult game. Spurs only beat Luton 1-0 with the hatters down to 10 men. Um, right. No, it was Spurs that were down to 10 men, wasn't it, Barry? But they still got the win. Um, it was Eve Basuma got sent off for diving. 
Um, I remember it, but yeah, it was a good game. But Spurs beat Everton, didn't they, OB? And that's yeah. the thing, when you look at the likes of Luton or Sheffield United, in the Premier League of years gone by, where it was Swindon down the bottom or uh, Bradford or, you know, these whipping boys, it was like, oh yeah, it'll be 5 nil. But the Premier League isn't like that anymore. They're going to have 11 men coming, turning up on Super Sunday, half four on TV, friends and family watching. They're going to want to give it a go, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. Luton went to Goodison Park and, and did a job. And, and that means that they've got a certain element of ability. And ultimately, we've got to silence them down. Um, there is a little bit of luck. And if the luck goes their way, uh, we've got to then manage that and make sure our skill nullifies all that. And it's, it's about managing the game. Like I say, first 10 minutes will be key. Don't let them get up. And if we can get the first goal, put them under a bit of pressure. And when they start chasing, we'll, they'll open up space and we can then then cash in on that. Um, it's always difficult. It's always difficult to go to newly promoted clubs. Liverpool is a club don't tend to do too well against newly promoted clubs. So, particularly away from home, like you... That's like the old Liverpool. Out, so. That's Roy Hodgson's Liverpool, OB. We're different now. <laughs> the Jürgen. Come on! Them, them scars cut deep, Scott. They <laughs> cut deep, you know what I mean? Absolutely. They've been there my whole life. And it's always like... I, I can remember way, way back in the 80s. And I think it was some like Wolves. They had one all season and they come to Anfield and won 1-0. So... It's just always something that's been there. I think it happens to every club, but you just remember when it happens to your own, don't you? And it's like it sticks with you. Um, we can't ever do a Liverpool podcast without mentioning Mo Salah. I'll probably get um, absolutely murdered for this, especially if Rob and Travis are still watching. But he's got an aura of Lionel Messi about him at the minute. Like whenever he comes on the park, you just know he's going to score. You know he's going to make a, a massive impact. It's almost like when we put him on in these Europa League games, it's like we're exhibiting him. Like he's this living legend that's still at the peak of his powers. We're putting him on, just go and grab as a goal. I mean, I'm not saying Luton will be overall. I'm not going to disrespect them by that, but they're going to be all clambering for his shirt at full time, aren't they? Absolutely. And I do think there's a little bit of, you see other teams setting up to try and nullify Salah all the time. You see you see um, defenders standing off him because they know what he can do. They've seen the videos, everybody's seen the videos. He can go past you one way, go past the other, or he could just take a shot from 30 yards and whack it in the top corner. And the amount of times that he's done that in his career now, people know, people know what to expect. Um I'd, I'd, I'd say that it's weird with Mo because he's, his numbers are still really good this season, but I think sometimes his passing isn't quite what I would expect it to, to be or what it's been in previous seasons. But the numbers, you can't argue with it. And he's, he's developed as a um, as a footballer and as much as possibly he's not quite as quick as he was. He's still rapid, but he's not quite as quick as he was. But the physical strength makes him so difficult to play against. And you see defenders bouncing off him. And, they're, and they're bit, a lot of them are big lads. And they can't cope with the physical attributes that he's got now with his extra strength. Um, he's a he's an absolute legend at our club already. And he'll continue to be so until uh, until long after he leaves the club. Because for me, he's he's changed he's changed the outlook on where, where we are as a as a club, probably more than any other player, any other single player. He's the one who's led this like Klopp revolution and he's made a massive difference to everything he's done. So can't talk highly of him enough. I think his numbers will end up being really, really good this season again, providing nothing crazy happens in January. And uh, and I think we'll benefit from it, really, Scott. Um, I can't agree more. 
I never want to think of a Liverpool without Mo Salah, OB. It might have to be something that we get used to. Um, I know you kind of said, imagine Saudi come knocking in January. I can't see it. You'll see through the season. But in the summer, like I'm scared to to think what might happen if we try to cash in because he'll be, he'll be 32 come the summer. He's 31 now, 32 in June. Um, but it's a realisation that we might have to come to terms with in the summer because no one goes on forever um, and money talks at the end of the day and p- football players, they can decline fast. Um, the, 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 the it's a horrible is, feeling. Yeah, it is a horrible feeling. But the question is, I mean, on a practical note, it's two things. Number one, how much money would you get for him? And number two, how would you spend that money to therefore replace him? And I'm not sure that that's something that we as Liverpool fans can obviously see. I don't know how we would do that. And I don't know how we'd have have uh, the knowledge to get a player in that would have the same impact in that position in anywhere in the world, probably without having to spend more money than what he's going to bring in as a 32-year-old footballer. Absolutely. Um, there just isn't another player on the planet like him. Let's, let's get real. But I think it would be a case where we just have to move on from Salah and realise that we're never going to replace him like for like. He really was a, a one-off, uh, a unique talent. And we were lucky to have him for like the six or seven years that we did. But let's not worry about just that just yet. We've got uh, Luton on Sunday first in a full season where we're still in four competitions. Obi, are you excited that the quadruple is on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit early to be saying that. I mean, from from my perspective, I mean, it's good to see us still in the Carabao Cup. It's a, it's a good competition to, to still be in. It looks like it's opened up a little bit. I mean, West Ham is a tough draw, but at least it's at home. Um, I feel like the Carabao Cup is like the the Endo Memorial Trophy because you just know Endo <laughs> starting every game in the Europa League in the, the Haribo Cup. But, but you know what? If that gets him game time and improves him as a player as well, and that's somebody we never talked about in the midfield, um, we, we, we never know. There might be a game or two this season where we need someone like that and he comes on and does a job for us and... And, and to be fair, if he gets game time and he's happy and he adds to the squad and he adds value to the squad in the last 10 minutes when we need to sure stuff up in a big game, I'm more than happy. More than happy. Me too. Uh, Barry says, apparently the way change rooms are small, I can imagine they are. Do they still walk through that back garden of a house to get into the stadium, OB, do you know? Yeah, they do. I, I, I or has that been fixed? Years. No, I went there a few years ago, um, actually in a non, a non like an FA Cup game uh, for, our, for our local team. I was watching that and I went into that Oak Road stand and uh, yeah, you do, you walk through and you see people's uh, see people's knickers hanging on the line and all that sort of thing <laughs> as you walk through the back of the stand. So it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, it's, a, it's a strange old ground, very, very unique, but I, I quite like it. I like, I like the tradition of it. I think they're looking at moving, aren't they, to a is it a twenty or 25,000 all seat stadium in in the next three to five years? So oh, um, really? stadiums like that will be gone. Um, but it is it's, it's very very unique, and um, having been there various games of a couple of times um, in, in my life, it's uh, it's certainly an interesting place to go, Scott. And it definitely it'll, an it'll experience. Give, it'll give our our our, uh, our team something different to go into, a different environment to go into. I think. Was it about 10 years or maybe even 15 years ago? We played him in the FA Cup, didn't we? Shadow Alonso scored from the yeah. halfway line. So I imagine they, I mean, they, they were going from like Alonso was a Spanish international, and I can't remember who else was in that team at the time. But 
Um, it was 2005. I remember I just met my wife. So ah, there you go. 18 years ago. <laughs> Is that how you measure it? <laughs> I just remember we were around our friend's house yeah. watching it. And it was quite the early days, you know, where you don't want to fart in front of her and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love it absolutely love it mate yeah yeah so i mean it was um it, it was probably a bit of an eye-opener for some of them players because they were global superstars then and it'll be the same for these guys today um of, like when they play them on sunday it'll be like um oh my god what the hell have we walked into but i think it's i think it's a bit of a magical moment as well when it grounds the players and they go out and they get to do what they do best at the end of the day it's it's a football pitch and go out and perform on it and it shows a lot of character when you come through these sorts of moments as well. It's what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, the only reason I remember it is because we were out on a Saturday night. It was a Saturday night game. And obviously when we were losing, I was in a bit of a mood. And she should have known then 18 years ago that when Liverpool are getting beat, I'm not in the best mood, but she stuck with me. So that's great. Um, Barry Lee, yeah, he says, chain rooms are small, which can have a psychological effect on some of the players. It's not what they're used to. Absolutely. They'll be used to like the luxury of um, Anfield and all the Premier League grounds. But hopefully we'll deal with it. Just like if we were playing an FA Cup third round game against someone low down. So hopefully our yeah. players are not pampered that much for that to be an issue. And that might be partly down to Jurgen Klopp's no dickheads policy. OB, do you think we haven't got yeah, any prima donnas that would let that be a problem, have we? You look at the nationality of some of our players that haven't come from rich backgrounds. I don't think there's anyone there who's come from a particularly rich background. It's a, At the end of the day, I don't think we've got any prima donnas in our team. I think we've got guys who have come from local areas, worked their way up in football circles and 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 probably played, I mean, a lot of the English lads would have played there before previously, whether that be at reserve football or, or, or youth football, they've probably played at that ground or similar grounds in the past. So there's no real issue there. Um, and then people like Harvey Elliott might have played there for Fulham in the league as well. You know, so the, 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 there's a few players who have played there. Um, and the other lads, I mean, if you, if you come from Uruguay or Colombia or Egypt, you, you haven't been brought up in ridiculous wealth have you unless you're very very fortunate i don't think any of our guys have and they've probably played on a lot worse to be fair absolutely uh trav says there's no way luton can keep a clean sheet trav must be drinking already as a man united fan <laughs> uh trav let us know your score prediction as well mate if you're still watching um i'll put it in the I'll put it in the description of the video if anyone watches it back. Jaden Sancho, 150 million. Trav has just confirmed he's started drinking on a Friday, <laughs> 6 p.m. Um, Isaac's joined. How are you doing, Isaac? Legend. Isaac's a Southampton fan. I remember him. Top lad. Uh, it'd be a very Liverpool thing to be decent this season and lose to Luton. <laughs> You've obviously watched uh, Liverpool in the last 10, 15 years, Isaac. Don't get me wrong, you have plenty of things to expose, but this is Luton, who are rubbish Premier League team. Absolutely. We're going to get to the score predictions in a minute, and I think my score prediction is going to reflect that, Isaac, definitely. Isaac, let us know your score predictions well, and I'll put that in the description. I always like everyone that's watching to put a score prediction, put it in, and then when we watch it back, we'll um, see who got it right. Any update on Diaz's dad? Yeah, apparently this ELN, OB, have you been keeping up with it? This Colombian yeah. cartel called ELN. Uh, apparently, they're in discussions and apparently he's going to get released imminently, Trav. So, Jurgen Klopp's press conference today, he said that he's travelling with the squad. He's been training since Wednesday with the team and he's going to leave it up to Luis Diaz whether he declares himself available or not. 
um, which is obviously it's the only route of action to, for Klopp to take. He can't pressure him. He said, I won't put any pressure on me on him if he plays he plays if you want to know Trav I've kept Luis Diaz on my FPO team so uh, I've not quite put him captain but I haven't got any free transfers to transfer him out for Saka so there you have it uh, OB let's get straight to it score prediction Sunday I'm going I'm going to say 3-0 um, I think what will happen is it'll probably we'll, I think we'll score early and then I think as the game goes on we'll probably put a couple in there in, in, in the last 20 odd minutes I think it'll be a tight game for 60 or 70 minutes. There'll be a little bit of to and fro in. I think we'll have a lot of the ball. I think they'll have danger moments because we tend to give chances away. But I'd like to think we'll, we'll have enough to, to keep a clean sheet and then probably a couple of late goals in, in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes. And uh, a nice little 3-0, I think, Scott. What about yourself? Um, I think we're going to concede a header. I've just got this thing. I've got this feeling that Luton are going to attack it like it's an occasion, a once-in-a-lifetime occasion. Um, they haven't played anyone really big yet, have they? Spurs are not big. <laughs> Get out of here if you think Spurs are big. But they haven't played Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City yet, have they? So I think this is the the big welcome to the Premier League game for them. I think they're going to be right up for it. And you know what it's like when you first join um, a league, you give it everything for the first 10, 15 games. And if you can get um, a bit of a head of steam and acquit yourself well, then you, it can set you up for a good season. We've seen it before. Uh, I remember Sheffield United got off to a flyer and he stayed up, but then got relegated the following season. But I think they're going to be right up for it. I've just got this feeling we're going to concede a header. Um, but then I just think the class will take over. So I'm, I'm going to go for 4-1. Salah will inevitably score. Uh, Nunes will score. I keep saying about Sabosley, he gets, he runs the game from midfield. We haven't even mentioned him this stream. He's like, what an addition he is, Ob, for sixty million pounds. That is looking cheap, but I keep, I've just got to keep backing him. He's going to rifle one in the top corner like he did against Leicester in the League Cup. Love that, love that. I'll take that every day of the week. Um, Isaac says Liverpool 2 0. Nice one, mate. I'm going to put that in the description. I believe that you should beat them. It should be a Liverpool thing to lose, but I think your pressing ability needs to be fixed. You seem shaky if anyone attacks like Brian. Luton won't. Let's hope so, mate. 2 um, 0. That sounds like quite a close game. Um, let me look through the messages. I think Trav Giver. Uh, Rob said 1 0, but then said he was joking. Dalaval said 3 0 to Liverpool. Trav, 3 0. Barry, if you're still watching, give us a, a score. I don't think you've given one. Uh, thank you for your kind comments. No, thank you for joining, mate. Um, OB, Absolutely. we're going to end it there. But just before we end it, who's the first player you think of when you look at my shirt? Fernando Torres. Yeah. Yeah, what I about mine's, you? I think mine's uh, Mascherano, away at Old Trafford when he got sent yeah. off. Um, yeah. The first player that I think of when I look at your top is Philippe Coutinho, also I, away at Old Trafford. <laughs> that's exactly why I wear it so much. The one where he chipped, yes. he chipped it over, dinked it over, then ran behind the goal. Absolutely the, beautiful. Europa in the League Europa moment. League, a, a competition this club does not belong in. Um, <laughs> but we are where we are down to last season. Um, Isaac, also the reason I'm critical is I enjoy watching Liverpool and the style. Nice one, mate. Obviously, you just love ball, Isaac. I've spoke to you before. That's what it's all about. I was saying on last night's party, I love watching Arsenal. 
Um, I, I just think they've got a really good team. I like the way Arteta sets them up. That's what it's all about. Uh, if anyone cares, I think the team I least enjoy watching is Chelsea. There's just something about Chelsea. I can't get up for them. I don't enjoy... If I ever see them on, I turn the TV over to Emmerdale. I've just got something about it. Um, <laughs> nice one, OB. Have a great weekend, everyone. I don't know when we'll be back. I don't know if we're going to do a, a match reaction to Man United Fulham, match reaction to Liverpool Luton, match reaction to Man uh, Arsenal Newcastle. It's just whenever my boys are available, we'll be on. So make sure you put on notifications so you get a notification if we go live. If you're new to the channel, don't forget to like and subscribe, of course. Um, but everyone, have a great weekend. Thanks, Cheers, guys. OB. Top man. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot!